I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. Boys, we are here to ranch. James, we have to do justice before just sliding right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a BT. What on earth? I don't have an option. Welcome, welcome to Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem de la Podcasti. Tutto Octubre 22. A little Portuguese there for you. Match Week 9 recap. Great. I got Patrick here and my friend. I've got one question for you. Please. But first, it's a solar.com question. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Are you thinking about going solar? That's right. I'm talking to you. Well, mm. solar.com will provide you the three best quotes customized for your home from local installers. On average, Patrick, solar.com quotes are $2,800 lower than going to installers directly. And that's not from us. That's from the Department of Energy. Wow. If you want a little something from the Prem de la Prem boys, when you go to sign up, just mention Prem19 over the phone and tell them Mo Salah sent you. <laughs> that will earn you $250 off your purchase. Code valid through the end of the year. Register at solar.com to start your project today. Passion, wow. Solar.com question of the week. Don't look at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered how you did that so clean. Are we an Emory Out podcast? I don't know where you stand, James, but I stand firmly on one side, and that's the Emory Out side. I stand with you wherever you go. Yeah, it's Emory Out. Um, I'm not going to be one of those fans who is going to be causing a causing a fit as long as he's the manager of the club. I want him to perform at his best. I want the club to perform at his best. I'm not looking at his performance and, and saying, great, now we can get him out. Mm -hmm. I want a result next week, and I want a result the week after that. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at what I'm seeing – um, we talked about it last week with Marcus. I think that the results to this point had been an excuse for just, without another way to say it, dog shit football. <laughs> dog shit football. And I think what we're seeing out of the side is they're going to rely so much on their class that they're willing to go basically without much of a strategy against teams with a strategy mm -hmm. and hope that they nick more chances than the okay. other. Sheffield took one chance. Arsenal missed one or two. And that's what every game's yeah. been like, but that we've is, gotten the results. That yeah, is but we've gotten the results before. And so I, I, if the board wants to keep him on, I really think it's just because well, they think he can make top four. But I, I, don't, I don't think that Freddie Eumberg, who's, my, who's who oh, I want yeah, in there. It's well documented. Yeah, I don't think Freddie Eumberg puts us in a worse position. And so I'm, I'm ready to pull the plug. To be clear, you most people are either Emory in or out because they hold a belief that they can make top four. And people aren't Emory. The common stance right now is let's wait to see if we can make top four, then I'll make my decision on sure. whether it's Emory in or out. By saying you're out, you have zero confidence vote on making top four? No, I wouldn't say that. But I don't think the way we are on, the track we are on, is going to get us out of a cyclical cycle of just will we be top four or not? And I am willing to move to somebody right now because it's a coin flip right now where they're going to be top yeah. four. You yeah. know, it's I, I don't think it's I don't think we're in any better position this year than we were last. And last year we pissed away a chance at the end. He does feel like Wenger 2.0. I don't know. This confusing, right? I mean, for for me, stubbornness. For me, the stubbornness, the the lack of the willingness to change when things clearly aren't working, putting the same team out there, 
not putting on certain players. We talked about Ozil, but it's starting to look like the likes of Tierney. It's starting to look yeah. like Torreira. You know, is, is Chambers working harder than Bellerine, and that's why he's in the yeah. team? You know, how far does that extend? And, and you know, if you're going to take that route, you got to be right, and you got to have things mm-hmm. working. Just the only thing that I'll say on this game is the moment that Humberg got booked by Mike Dean, I felt like he was more of an Arsenal coach than right. really anything Emery's done to the Showing point. Showing something. Right. Yeah. Emery, yeah. Other I don't, than I don't, the head scratch. Yeah. The head scratch yeah. 2000. And I think Emery's a decent coach, but I think that the standard at Arsenal are such that yeah. you can't... Like he's he's a, He would be a good take a middle-of-the-table team to the, to, to the top-of-the-table team kind of coach, which okay. I guess is kind of what Arsenal is, but I think that the ambitions are larger. Okay. Well, we are going to try and gas through the Arsenal and United portions of this because uh, for the Prem de la Prem fans who filled out the questionnaire, mm. we heard you loud and clear. Yeah. I uh, I feel like Wells Fargo issuing a corporate press release. We heard you loud and clear. Don't yeah. steal your data. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Don't talk too much about Arsenal United. Yeah. Got it. We Got heard it. you loud and clear. Yeah. In all seriousness, the feedback was helpful. We'll be implementing some of those changes, but it came in a little late for the brief. So we're sticking <laughs> with old, old steady tonight. Not to dis... Yeah, not to dislodge our train of thought too right. much but we had a genuine conversation yeah oh we should start implementing some of this feedback oh fuck it we're too close to the we're too close to the day the outline was done guys guys get ahead of it yeah. i said you know anyway you think i'm in the mood to adapt after after what happened yesterday yeah please you can't expect that well mm. let's move on to what i think objectively was the match of the weekend in that it was the northwest derby united liverpool yep fantastic match. and i think we broke jurgen klopp i think he's broken i don't think he's broken I think he's a baby, but I don't think he's broken. He's not broken, but I will say this was the first time I've lost respect in him as a manager. Oh, I think that's a little harsh. I lost a ton of respect for him because he blamed a lack of preparation and uh, game plan tactics on United's stature as a club, which I thought was pretty small of him. Can you can you elaborate on that? I sure can. For those of us probably listening on the other side of this who don't know what you're referring to? I sure can. So, United set up in... A way that I think was, if it was Mourinho, it would have been considered a masterclass. I right. think Ollie got his tactics spot on. And 100%. We, we talked about the game beforehand where 100%. we said, if United, if United is going to get a positive result, and sadly I thought a draw was going to be a positive result, if we were to get a positive result, Liverpool would have to fail to show up, and United would have to get their tactics spot on. And both happened. Mm-hmm. And then if not for a freak forgotten man, Adam Lallana goal at the end of the game it would have ended a united victory instead of 1-1 which it did end up happening right so to bring it back to Klopp he got out there in rant mode post-match granted there are some VAR decisions that we'll get onto, Mm -hmm. but VAR aside he decided to go at Manchester United for being a defensive club and every time they play Liverpool they defend yeah and every time and while he's been in England that's been the case like sure you can say that but have you seen us play this year yeah were you expecting us to try and come at you toe-to-toe so you could have an easy win? I think, I don't know, it it, rubbed, it really yeah. rubbed me the wrong way that they played basketball all week and probably didn't give a shit, thought the United against Newcastle was going to show up, and they were dead wrong. Yeah, yeah, I mean, let's, yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, I, I don't, I've seen so much out of so many managers, I don't think this is too far off what Klopp has done in the past. No, it's just he the first, it's just the first time. He hasn't lost in a while. I think it's a testament to how high in esteem I held him as a Liverpool manager. Sure, fair, and this fair, was the fair. first time I was like, oh, that's pretty small of you to yeah. to fuck up and then he, have a go at United. That's fair, because he had a, he had every opportunity 
to just say, you know what, we we weren't prepared. He didn't even have to go as far as say we were out prepared and out coached, which mm-hmm. I think is what happened. Uh, but he could have just said, you know what, didn't go our way today. I'll tell That's you all he had to say. Right. Yeah. Right. So I agree with you to that. In, and he to did. That extent, he, but he did. He did. You know, put some of the blame on the team not playing well or whatever. So it wasn't a one way train. Right. But what I saw was in the second half. He started to tinker tactically, and they got more of a foothold in the game. Where what that tells me is, I don't think they set a game plan. I don't think they set a specific game plan. Yeah, and that's just an utter lack of respect. It, yeah, absolutely. And they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they did enough to nick one back, and frankly, it didn't. You know, they weren't breaking through the lines there in the second half, but they were on the front foot. I would say pretty much mm-hmm. the whole second half, and it kind of felt like a goal was coming, but they it wasn't like. Chance after chance after chance after chance. It they was were just, not. They were in and around the box of the whole second half. Yeah, Fred was hoofing it. Oh yeah. So speaking of which, I thought he, I thought he played a decent game. He had a few. Fuck uh, it, Rashford's up there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Fred, it's Martial now. <laughs> Fuck it, Martial's up there somewhere. <laughs> My brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think what I think what uh, was super interesting, and you know, we're not a tacticians podcast. We did take that feedback. I'm not going to become a tactician. However, it'll be a special guest uh, episode. I think the question can be asked is, did United provide the blueprint for Liverpool? And what I think is very interesting Ooh, is... Oh, I'm glad you brought this up. Because we talked about it before. Emery's idea, let's pack the middle. Mm-hmm. Let's let's make it so that we're a little clustered around Firmino, not let him really do too much, and just try and absorb all those crosses. That didn't really work. Yeah. What United did is they played the two wing backs and also the wingers. So that takes out in the three in the center. So they don't mm-hmm. have to be too pulled away. They could focus two on a winger and that they could still have two central players mm-hmm. to deal with Firmino. And then you put two in the midfield against three in Liverpool's midfield and you dared their three weakest players, that position that doesn't have the creativity, doesn't unlock them, to beat you. Yep. And they couldn't do it. Jordan Henderson looked lost. Wijnaldum outside of the first 15 minutes looks lost. Fabinho, every time we talk to a Liverpool fan, he's the first guy on the team sheet, didn't remember seeing him. Right. No, spot on. Uh, engage Trent and Robertson high up the field so they don't have space to get into a crossing position mm-hmm. or a comfortable crossing position. Right. And then balls into the vacated space. And get it up the field. 100%. And my answer to your question is, we didn't provide the blueprint. Sheffield United provided the blueprint. Mm. They played the same game and the chances didn't go their way. And they didn't have the quality to take chances the way i guess you would say a rashford and daniel james had the quality to take chances but the way that they took those same chances the way they set up against arsenal right fair but i think it was very reminiscent of when we talked to scott when he came on about Mm -hmm. how sheffield showed cracks it's a good point and then united were the second team to do it so if i'm liverpool and i'm Klopp, you got to start having a plan b for that because you can be damn sure that the third time this team does it um it's gonna show yeah and i think the answer is you need to drop one of Jordan Henderson and Fabinho. I think they're too defensive. I think you need some combination of Wijnaldum, Ox, and Ketcha. Ox, Ox changed, the game, changed the game. Potentially even a Milner in the middle. Oh, and you know Lallana's... Kind of how industrious he is. Yeah, Lallana's going to be knock, knocking, down, yeah. uh, knocking down the door. Knocking down the door. And, and yeah, I think the, the larger point about Liverpool for me, um, and we can touch on the goal and how I think the tactics played into the goal as well, but they looked entitled. In that first half. They looked entirely entitled. I don't know if that's Klopp. I don't know if it's the players. I don't know if... I mean, you win eight games in a row, you're going to be feeling some type of way. I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily an indictment on their mm-hmm. character. I'm looking at them next week. This is like, okay, how do you step back? And let's be real. It's not a horrendous result for them either. A draw away yeah. at Old Trafford. Yeah. If you're losing two points on the season, that that's not the worst place to do it. Right. You know, um, It stings a little more because of how you're playing and how United was playing and they right. want it more. But... 
Um, After reflecting on it, I'll yeah. take it. And let's touch yeah. briefly on VAR because I think the theme of this week's episode is really a, a calamitous collection of VAR incidents. Yeah. Uh, and where else to start than what we've been talking about with United Liverpool? There yeah. were two, yeah. to be exact. Uh, the first one for the listeners at home was in the lead-up to, to the United goal, which is why Klopp and Liverpool felt so hard done by. Mm-hmm. It was a classic... Well, I don't want to give too much bias on this. It was a classic contact to the shin to bring, or to the leg to bring Divock Origi down, and then United scored on the break. A good, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds later. So Maybe not even. It was a through ball into James, two touches, bam. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, I guess in that chain of play. And the argument there on Liverpool's side was that it's a foul. The argument on the United side was that it's a contact sport and you don't go down. Sure. Let's bring my bias out of it, get your take. Because Klopp, you know, he harped on that one, saying it's a foul all day. Yeah, so this is where... This is where I agree with Klopp to an extent. I don't really give a shit too much about the call. It's a call that is often given. But also often it's, not but given. But it was, it was very tough. And by no means was it a clear and obvious error. Mm-hmm. So I think we, what, what I'm looking at is what Klopp said. And I'm, I'm going to be paraphrasing him here. Okay. But he said, what we have are officials who are saying... Ah oh, no, I'll let it. I'll let it play on. Mm-hmm. We have VAR mm-hmm. and VAR saying I'm not in the business of re- re- reofficiating this game, so it is what it is. So you have officials that might be swallowing the whistle at points, expecting a VAR or saying like I don't want to take away from a potential situation. Whereas, and then also that VAR isn't doing its job properly. So I think that I could I I agree with Klopp in that sense that I think it's I think a- it's a foul. But by no means do I think it's a clear and obvious error. It's a fair hypothesis. I think where it's a little bit of a stretch and a little unfair is assuming referees take the easy way out because they know they have VAR in their corner. Sure. Does that make you stop calling ways that you would uh, plays in a way that you would otherwise? Maybe. But on, it's... on the penalties, I think it has. Yeah. Okay. I think people are swallowing whistle on the penalties unless your name's Mike Dean. Okay, They're but just dishing out dives. But. Okay, well, my point of view on that, it's it's a foul 50% of the time. It's not a foul 50% of the other sure. time. And it just happened to go our way. Now, I'll refer to what the FA and the EPL called in into question. And we're going to see this as a theme throughout VAR this Please. week. Um, in their rules, I, I picture like a giant like dusty book. You open it up and it's like VAR principle two. Yeah. So they say they implement a high bar for intervention on subjective decisions in order to preserve pace and intensity, intensity of the game. So that their rule is if the ref is making what they think to be a subjective decision, there's a very high bar that they will come in and intervene. And I think that's what you've been seeing play out. However, we're nope. going to yeah. we're gonna come to games later on where this flies in the face of that. Knowing but I'm that, just saying... Yeah, knowing um, that, it puts... it. I feel... Oh, we're going to get on yeah. to uh, Lester Burnley, and none of this is going to make sense, but I'm just saying that is what they reference as their, their guiding principle. I think it paints... A more full picture of VAR this season, knowing that mm-hmm. that makes more sense with some of the decisions mm-hmm. or lack of mm-hmm. decisions we've seen. But I do think we have to also let's not let the 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 match officials get off easy here. I think that's a theme that we're going to see throughout. Yep. Less so uh, Atkinson in this one. Again, that's a foul that gets called sometimes, doesn't get called sometimes. Right. You know, it's right. I think it's more often called in that scenario just because of how open Liverpool mm-hmm. were. I think that 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 I mean it shouldn't play a factor, but you do see it more often mm-hmm. when like. 
a guy goes down and there is just pretty much nothing but space behind him. They usually call that one, but yeah. it's more in the middle of the field. They might let that kind yeah. of thing go. So is what it is for me. So it's, it seems it's like a, it's a, you know, those types of things I think will balance themselves out as the season yeah. goes on. Uh, VAR learning from this week is drill the refs and be a little harder on them and say, don't rely on VAR. Mm. Perhaps, perhaps. <sighs> What do you tell them? Like, hey, lads, make the calls that you would make normally. Yeah, I don't you know. know. I don't like, know. Anyway, so. The without, second incident. Yeah, without postulating too much on that. Incident number two, and where I actually think, again, maybe a little bias creeping in here, where I think the rule changed for the better in removing gray area is what happened with the incident number two in the United Liverpool game, where Mane controlled the ball off his hand led to a goal whether or not it was um on purpose or accidental you know some say the way he was jostling with Lindelof it just happened to come down off of his arm but where I think the new rules have come into effect Mm -hmm. in a positive light here is no matter what whether it's on purpose accidental if a ball comes off the arm and leads to a goal it gets striked out yeah and I don't and I don't think you heard anyone disputing that no uh this one and others that are similar that we've seen this year I think um Wolves had one taken back off of a, a, a Will Boney handball early on. Mm-hmm. There's a couple that were like that. If you got a problem, fight fight, fight the FA on the rule because VAR and the officials have not gotten this wrong this year. And I, 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 like, I like this rule. Right. I, it simplifies things. Mane didn't even celebrate because he knew. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to have to like just bite down on my words and, and chalk it up to a loss when this happens, when and if this happens to United because I'll be on the receiving end of it. But... Mm-hmm. It's a rule that no one can dispute. Right. And it might suck. You know, something might get cannoned off your arm and there's nothing you can do about it. But but it's only for the attackers. Because if you'll remember, Arsenal seems to be throwing their defensive arms every which way. And oh, it doesn't true. really matter. Oh, you know, and the Emory School of Tactics is part of your body. Yeah. That can be <laughs> very much played. If you All can right. say good evening with it, you can use it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let's bring it to Leicester Burnley, our second game that we're highlighting yeah. here. And... First of all, let's start here. We'll come back to VAR and how it just flies in the face of everything we just talked about. Sure. But Lester sitting third in the table, well up there, third in the third table. Third in the table. Uh, shout out Mark and his terrible takes. Yeah. Um, you know, better luck next time. Third, but. also third best goal differential. So it's not like it's any sort of a fluke. Yeah. So here's my question to you. Sure. It's a new segment. It's called "How seriously are we taking Lester?" Okay. My and and, and go. My answer is very seriously. Um, I'd be willing to lock. I don't. You might, they might have odds for it, and I might take it. But I'd be willing to lock them as a Europa League side at this point. This is a sidebar to de- degenerate district. Correct. Yeah, yeah. This is. You don't want to go to this part of town. <laughs> this is just not where you want. This to is be. where the tour guide says go back to your hotel. Yeah, this is like down the alleyway in the degenerates district mm-hmm. with the flickering light at the end. And you see Skirtle back there, just being lit up by a trash can fire. Yeah, yeah. Behind that, that's where we are. Okay, so. And I, I think that they are, if not, if not a favorite, an equal party when it comes to a Champions League place. I think that what Leicester have that make them a side that can contend with anybody is they have, whatever that team spirit is, they show up. You know, there's like four or five games a year where they kind of roll over against a bigger side. Mm-hmm. You know, they lose by, you know, four or five goals, something like that, three, four goals. Mm-hmm. But they show up week in, week out. They beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. And that defense is stout. That defense from, I think it's Ricardo Pereira. Mm-hmm. Um, I always I can't pronounce that Turkish guy's name. Sayanshu. Sayanshu. Johnny Evans. He's a bit of a clown. 
but he's. I mean, look at look at that defense has done so far this year. In, in Ben Chilwell and then Casper Schmeichel. Those. It's stout. It's a very stout defense. I actually think that center back has a bit of a weak underbelly, but it may. I but I think Sanchu's been playing out of his goddamn mind this year, right. and so he's maybe making up for some of Johnny Evans' deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a really really promising player in James Madison who is living up to the billing so far this mm-hmm. year. And what does Jamie Vardy do other than score big goals? You know, and start Twitter wars, right? Vicariously. Yeah, I mean, well, it, who's really controlling that account? Right. Why aren't people looking into that? Rebecca's being framed. <laughs> That's a great point, James. Uh, but no, I'm I'm taking them very seriously. I I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you, we have uh, Leicester and Arsenal play at the King Power Stadium. I think it, within the next three mm. weeks. Honestly, I'm hoping for a draw. That's I think they're that good. Wow. I think they're that good. So there's no regression to the mean as far as Leicester. This is the mean, and it's up for grabs between them and Chelsea and Arsenal and I mean, yeah, the I people st- who make that the bare minimum. I, st- I still feel like they have a bit of a disadvantage because if you're going up against, they're going to play 12 of their 38 games against mm-hmm. those traditional big six sides. Mm-hmm. I do think that you know if every team is up for every game, mm-hmm. They're 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 the underdog in all twelve of those games. You know the way that they're meeting their form with Arsenal. I don't think they're the underdog in that specific game, but uh, I don't. I think I still think there's a a, a gulf in class between those them and the rest of the, mm-hmm. the teams. But I mean, this is a team that won the league. You know, they're not. They're they're they're, they're they t- have won the league. It's crazy, right? People this need is, to put respect on. Yeah, them. this team and this, this team has won the league more recently than every team not named Manchester City uh, and Chelsea. Yeah, in Chelsea. There you go. Almost, you got around to it. I mean, Skirt. Yeah. I mean, I want the big take, James. I want that, the big that was take. A, yeah, it was a juicy <laughs> scoop, and I was I was all in on it. Right. I had to correct myself, though. I knew it. I knew it. I was ready to believe it. Anyway. But yeah. Uh, and what about you? Hmm? What about you? What do you mean? How oh, seriously are you taking, them? Yeah, taking yeah, yeah. them? I think there's going to be regression to the mean. I think they are well within their right to consider themselves regulars in the Europa League. And beyond moving forward. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's Champions League for them this year. Yeah. But. I think they're in the mix. I think that's a respectable take. You know. Yeah. I We have Leicester fans who listen. Yes. Uh, I, I am considering Andy the Engineer one of them. Yep. And I would love to hear if they take that as disrespect. Because. I don't know. I feel like it's a fair assessment. But. Let's talk about the game themselves. Yeah. Where they actually came away with a win. Again. At home to Burnley. And it wasn't again without incident from our good friend VAR. So if right you recall, death, right? right at the death, Leicester uh, holding a two-one lead against yep. Burnley. Um, Burnley classic ball into the box. Uh, I think it's Chris Wood or Barnes heads it heads it down, heading toward the goal. It's going to make it two-two. Rolls in. There's a clip. There's a very slight slight clip of the ankle on Johnny Evans from the Burnley attacker, where the premise is that it stops Evans from being able to hook the ball out before it crosses the goal Correct. line. In the field of play and in regular time, it goes in. They celebrate 2-2. It's the equalizer. Now, remember what we talked about in the United-Liverpool game with VAR intervening at a high bar of subjectivity. Only intervening with a high bar considered with subjectivity. They call it back saying that it was actually a foul from the Burnley player on Johnny Evans. And it was light at best. It was a soft, soft touch. I think VAR got the spot on. Wow. I think they got a spot on. Wow. I think that the subject... You've got to be kidding me. No, I think they got a spot on. Johnny Evans has a chance to clear the ball. His legs are taken out from him. Oh! 
I don't think that's subjective. Holy hell. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's subjective. If you, if you think that was a foul, then Divock Origi, the tap on his leg, might as well have been a shot in the arm. Look, I, I don't know that it was... The, the, it also depends on what that the match official is communicating to VR official. If Martin Atkinson says, yeah, it's contact, but he goes down too easy for me. That's one thing. And if... I don't know who was officiating that game. Probably Kevin Friend. Mm-hmm. If Kevin Friend says, nah, didn't touch him. Not mm-hmm. a foul. If he touched him, it's a foul. Like, we don't know how that conversation went. And for me, Johnny Evans was very clearly impeded on a... Oh, I think he made it look like he was very clearly impeded. I mean, he, he got clipped and then it, he clobbered himself. But, like, like that, you're running. That's, like, it's unavoidable for Johnny Evans. I don't think he has any... He doesn't know anything about it. Man. I, I think it's harsh for Burnley, but I think it would be... It's fair. I don't think that's the kind of contact that takes you down. And... Wow! I, I do think you're... But it flipped onto the... I think you're bringing... It's horrible radio, element. but I'm showing James that you clip Ooh. and you're going to fall. Prem de la Prem gold when we do video content. You'll be able to see Pat hit his shin repeatedly against the table. We should reenact VAR scenarios when we disagree. I like it. Yeah. Let's put that one in the tickler file. Yeah. Uh, well, severely agree to disagree. I think okay. your, your good point there is maybe there was communication between the booth, right. the AR booth. And, oh, uh, I'm injecting some context that nobody knows. The main reference. To defend my point. Burden of proof is on you, sir. Go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were talking the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they were actually playing Fortnite in the VA, in the VAR booth. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? There was an incident. Just give it to them. <laughs> they flip a coin. We're watching Mike Dean highlights. It's like the possession arrow in NCAA. Yeah, Burnley's turn. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's got it? <laughs> Lester's got this run of form. All right. Boys. Well, if you thought those two were good VAR incidents, that was just the lobster bisque and the Caesar salad before the juicy steak that was Spurs against Wofford. I'm telling you, we're going to get through all this, but we're going to the people. Look out on our Instagram. We're going to do a VAR poll. We're going to go through every incident this week that could have used VAR. There were a lot of them. We want to know what the people think. We'll report back, and we'll see what people think. Am I making that post? That's a lot of video. <sighs> no, I'm just going to be like, sock a dive, and then have a... Don't they want to see it? They, they probably need to see it. Our audience is educated, James. Okay. Don't disrespect That's them. That's fair. Don't that's disrespect fair. Yeah, no, they're, they're not going to have to go and look it up or anything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Spurs Walford. Yes. Game itself, the spirit of Hugo Lloris was well and truly there because <laughs> he was in he was in Ben Foster's heart. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Because howlers a plenty when you go to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. For real. What yeah. a gross game. You putting that one on Foster or the defender? Uh, I'm putting that one on Foster. Really? Man, we are not aligned this week. It was a suspect collection or punch or whatever it's you want to call it. For me, the defender heads it out of the way. He's got his hands under it. Even an inch changing burden of, that. Burden of proof's on the keeper. You got hands. Use your hands. I mean, if that's the case, then every goal is the keeper's fault. Uh, yeah. Do you hear Lee Dixon in the booth? <laughs> Does not pull any punches on FIFA 20. Oh, he's got to do better. Excellent for save from the keeper. Six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> that man is a fucking legend. Uh, uh, well, yeah. They were. It was. It was a gross game. Uh, horrible game. Encapsulated by the. Deli Alley equalizer to make it 1-1 at the very end of the game. But yeah. that's not all, folks, because VAR had something to say here. Patrick, you want to walk us through it? Yeah. Um, I don't know when it happened. I think it was at, at a point in the game where Watford, I believe, were up one nothing, which was, I think, 80 minutes of the game, actually. So it had yeah. to have been. And uh, De La Feu, foreign Barcelona great, charging through the box. Jan Vertonghen, Belgian defender. Um I don't think you could say it in any other way other than 
he hooked his leg. He hooked mm. his leg. He stuck his leg out. I think Del uh, Feo is definitely looking for the contact, but he had the ball past him. The penalty no call. Yeah, the penalty no call. And this was another classic one where the pendulum swung in the direction of following the subjectivity rule, where they said, okay, the referee made the call on the field. Let's trust it. Right, and yeah. It, and it wasn't clear and obvious enough. That I mean, it just kind of blows my mind that, that that's the case. Yeah, uh, but it came back again with a uh, when Deli Alley hooked it in and bundled it in is probably the best way to put it. Right, and there was a check on handball. Oh, and, uh, all time. Yeah, this is the second VAR incident in in Spurs in Spurs Watford. Yeah. So whole crowd stops. It was another one of those celebration happens. Crowd stop. 85th minute goal, folks. At home. 85th minute goal. We talked about how Tottenham's reeling against the winless Watford. Yeah. Had Tottenham lost this game, it would have been a calamity yeah. in North London. And this is the piece de la resistance because the referee signals for a goal. Everyone celebrates for the second time. And then up on the big board, all you see is decision, no goal. Everyone is so, so confused. It's it's well documented that VAR is uh, Spurs' player of the year this season. But they had to hit him with a, a heat check. Whoa. Yeah. It's like, hey. We giveth and we taketh away. Yeah, just remember that. We're saying no goal. Stay humble. Yeah. Stay humble. Yeah, know who you are. <laughs> so, Look a bit uh, too big for your britches. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, for you, pen or no pen? Mm, oh, on the first incident. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and say pen there. Yeah. So I think we're on the same page. And then um, I think we're on the same page. No, nothing in the uh, the Deli Alley shoulder. No, the only yeah. thing that made this even close to an incident was the fact that they could not align between what was decided and the the AV Oh, yeah, 100%. And the refs had no idea how to phrase it. It was a perfect encapsulation of what VAR has meant to all of us so far. Oh, yeah. Number one in our hearts. What's going on? All right. I'm feeling a lot of things. (laughs) Another mini segment here to round out Spurs. It's called This or That. Mm. Who's been better for Spurs this season? VAR or Deli Alley? Who's been the more valuable player? That's I, I I think you gotta go VAR. I think that um, Deli Alley earned him one point today, but I think VAR played its hand. I don't know if Deli Alley's earned him any more points. VAR has been more of a consistent player too. You know, you see how it shows up from day to day. That you know the work it puts in. And, yeah, uh, Deli Alley just can't claim that. And the big in the clutch, the clutchiness of VAR. With, oh, um, in the big games against City. Yeah, in the 93rd minute coming up clutch. You can't teach that. No, no, you can't. You and can't teach that on uh, the Spurs training ground. Well, I mean, it's. I think it's nice that Deli Alley has something to aspire to. Mm-hmm. That he can really focus his energy on that yeah. height. You know, he's had Kane, he's had Hungman Son. He's like, look, I'm a, <laughs> I've done it, guys. What yeah. else is there to do? I heard VAR turned down Ireland to play for England, too. Yeah, 12th man. VAR yeah. number 12. Ooh. VAR has a kit in the, in the new shit Heartland. That's land. phenomenal. No room for good decisions. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I, I, I think Deli Alley's a decent player. I don't like him, but I don't mm. think I'm supposed to like the little punk on Spurs, you know? Well, that's very grown up of you. <laughs> can't wait for the next North London Derby. Uh, Mark's made me soft. Mark's made me soft. Let's I can't, run. I can't hate Spurs the way I used to. Uh, don't say that on air. <sighs> All right, well. But uh, I still do, Mark. Let's bring it to our last game that we're going to hone in on here, and it's Palace City. Because okay. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Pat, I want you to take the lead on this one. Yeah, I thought it was, um, so I watched this game in its entirety, I thought it was an excellent game. I thought it was a really excellent game. I think we talked about Pep and how does he adapt. He doesn't have any center backs. He starts Rodri and Fernandinho. Mm -hmm. We talked about maybe starting one of those, Mm -hmm. uh, but he's starting Cancelo and Mendy Mm -hmm. as well. 
So, no Zinchenko. Mendy is a football player. No Zinchenko. No Walker. No Laporte. No Otamendi. No company. It's out of control. And um, no Stones. Well, no, Stones came Stones in. came on! Stones came off on! Off the bench! Yeah, so Stones the was... The biggest flex! Yeah, so Stones... Uh, Fernandinho, I believe, God. went gotten hurt. Shoot his confidence into the sky. And then Stones comes out. You're wondering, okay, if he's fit enough to play 75 minutes, why don't you just start him? But in any case, that defense held up well enough in the first half. Ederson is proving me wrong. He's actually mm. a decent keeper. He yeah. made a few good saves. Yeah. Um, I don't think the jury was out on that, but uh, apparently it was for you. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't go full Mason Mount on that one, but right. I did not rate Henders, or Ederson as a keeper. Well, you want a keeper to be able to make good decisions, and he's got a smiley tattoo face on his uh, smiley face tattoo yeah. on his neck. And a big so. old flower. I mean, it's got to be one of the worst tattoos I've ever seen, that little flower thing. We'll do a ranking. Yeah. Um, in any case, um, City, I, I really think, you know, somewhat against the run of play in the first half. It was a pretty back-and-forth first half, I thought. Mm-hmm. City had more and better mm-hmm. chances, and they had about a 15-minute spurt yeah. where they scored two goals first in the span of two clinical, minutes. First one clinical, second one devastating. Yeah. And was, I think the how – I think this was De Bruyne showing what he can do for that team, which is pick up the ball 30, 40 yards from his own goal, mm-hmm. drive at the center, mm-hmm. center half, and let the athleticism in the class of City just kind of be this whirling dervish – Slotted in, um, I, f- I forget who it was who he slotted in, but the ball eventually made its way to uh, to Sterling with a real deft chip, and it wasn't even the best part of that goal. David Silva taking it clean out of the air, Megan the keeper. We might see that one again later this episode. Mr. Ooh, James. this episode or this month? We don't know. That's well, I, I you I, still don't know. I assume you're going to have it as your goal of the week. Interesting. Let's see how this plays out, folks. Okay. Don't look at my notes. <laughs> Just did. For the second time. <laughs> oh, boy. No notes. No notes. Uh, but in any case... Patrick scribbles notes on his palm. I think, they wash out by halfway through the episode. I think um, Crystal... Crystal Palace. <laughs> no, Crystal Palace was... Um, they were they were the better team in the second half, and they took it to City. And I don't know how much City was... Just like we got a two nothing lead, let's just pack it in. We know we're kind of stretched at the back. Let's make them really work for these two goals. Yeah. And Palace couldn't do it, but yeah, Palace impressed me. We were saying off the air it was a weird two nil final score because yeah. yes, City missed a couple sitters. Raheem Sterling, I'm looking at you on my fantasy team as my captain. Thanks. Jesus not slotting Thanks, in, uh, mate. not slotting yeah. in De Bruyne. Yet. Yeah, they had Jesus yeah. not squaring De Bruyne. Uh, shades of England in the World Cup semifinal, and. Uh, did I tell you I was on a plane when that game was happening? You did. Okay. You did. I'm sure the the fans would love to hear yeah. you regale that tale no, sometime. I just want to make sure. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, for all of City's missed chances, Palace was very much in the game and they had some chances of their own. Hundred percent. So a weird two 0 It was. It was. And I mean, another thing we were saying off air when we were talking about the whole Zaha rumors: will he be transferred? Will he not be? We were speculating that. Perhaps Palace is holding on to Zaha because they might be fighting relegation battle without him. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, they look to be on the precipice of being a Europa League contender this year. I would say this is a team that really is going to regress to the mean. But by that, I mean lower mid-table. Right. Which and is what they could have hoped for. Yeah, and I do want to touch on it. Like I said so far, because let me just touch on Crystal Palace's um, next run of fixtures. Okay. So, they just had City away. Okay. They have Arsenal at home, mm-hmm. which who the hell knows at this point. Leicester at home. Chelsea away. Liverpool at home. 
Those are their next four fixtures after just coming off City. So if they're going to regress the mean, they're going to do it in a major way, and they're going to do it soon. Right now they're sitting on sixth in the table. At the end of November, we might be seeing them towards the bottom again. And so really for Crystal Palace, I think that their, their, um, their season is going to be determined with how they back, bounce back from what is likely going to be four points in 15, three in 15, two yeah, in 15. It's about it's, to get spicy. It's going to get bad. And how do they respond in a December that has Burnmouth, Watford, Brighton, Newcastle, West Ham, and Southampton? Yeah. Their city, their 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 season will be defined by their November. Yeah. Mary- or in December. December, Mary- rather. Right. How they rebound. Right. Do they have that grit? Oh, no, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Roy Hodgson. <laughs> All right. Let's bring it to Freak of the Week, folks. Mm. One of your favorite segments. We got it for you. And I want you to lead it off. Okay, this one is coming with a little bit of salt. My freak of the week is Mike Dean. And he's getting it. He's not getting it for... It's always refs. He's not getting it for his card on Sokka. He's not getting it. He had another blunder and I'm forgetting it off the top of my head. For the fans back home, uh, this is the referee who's, you know, well and truly loved by the... Community in general, but he specifically refereed Arsenal, Sheffield United. Correct. Which did not go well. Correct. Okay. He's getting it for celebrating goal kicks as the time is winding down against Arsenal. I know that this is objectively hilarious, but the ball's Arsenal... (laughs) How clearly celebrating? I'm going to stand up and do this, James. Ball goes out. (laughs) Strong point. Strong point. He's he was having an absolute blast celebrating, and he, like the ball would go out for oh. a throw in. He, he took a little. He, he he had a flair for the dramatic. I gotta go see what DT has to say about this on Arsenal fan TV. Yeah, I mean it. Look, my my grapes are more with Arsenal, but he's still getting my freak of the week for that one. Oh, uh, we've seen it. him celebrate Tottenham goals before. He right. was rubbing salt in the wound. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing, and it's disrespectful, Mike Dean. It's disrespectful. Right. Who's your freak of the week? Well, to keep it in the theme of referees, uh, this has a little story, a little backstory to it. I wanted. I know he's our freak in perpetuity, but what I did was I went to this weird like referee statistics site to see which game Kevin Friend refereed, so I could cherry pick a circumstance in the game that he refereed that would allow me to choose him as my freak of the week. Okay. I don't know what's wrong with me. Right. I just, I just have it out for the man. No, anyway. I mean, sounds like a great use of time. What I stumbled upon might shock you. He has not referee refereed a game since September. He's missed two match weeks in a row. What was his last match week? What was his last game? It was like mid-late September. Then how is he our freak so often? Uh, he's only he been... was our freak for the Grelish incident. Yeah, that was the last game. That was the last game that he refed. I thought he was one more after that too. No. Okay. But he's he's taking a seat. Wow. They're on to him. They're oh, not it's... playing him as much. Okay, so you're trying to tell me the FA is somewhat competent. I'm trying to say that they listen to our podcast, but yeah, also that. Great point. Great uh, anyway, point. we're you know this is besides the point. He's not my freak of the week. I just want us to keep tabs on that as a collective, you know, host fan community. Yes. Keep tabs on Kevin Friend. My freak of the week is Aaron Moy, our beloved skinhead who plays for uh, Brighton Hove Albion. Okay. And you want to know why? He received, if not the fastest, one of the fastest double yellows in Premier League history. Really. It was within the space of three minutes, and this is how it went down. Hit me. The first one was one of those where it was the first half, and you're holding up. Uh, the ball goes out for a throw, and you want to let your players get back in position, so he's holding the ball, and then he chucks it. Okay. A classic, like, 
shithousery gets a yellow card for that. And so that he must kind of, have really chucked it. Yeah. Or really held it. Or kicked it or something. Because you can be cheeky enough and get away with that. Like It was a cheeky first yellow. I actually can't remember the details right now. But it was something like that. Okay. We'll go back to the tape. Sure. But either way, it was like the equivalent of... If you're like in pri- like in prison for like a white collar crime or being a pedophile, you're okay. like you're like bottom of the totem pole in prison. So this was like a bottom of the totem pole yellow card. Right. It's not what you want to get a yellow card for. And then the second one, just like two or three minutes later, was a s- just full blazing slide into the back of a player that on another day could have been a red right. in of its own. Oh, I saw that. And it's just like. Take a seat, bud. You want to know something? Yeah. I thought he got a straight red. I saw the tackle. <laughs> I thought he got a straight red. Oh, no, no, no. He had just been carded moments earlier. Got you. And okay. uh, in the post, uh, it was either a couple days after or directly in the post-match, they tried to defend <laughs> him by giving him, uh, they, they backed him up. They said Aaron Moy was coming off a bit of jet lag. Oh, please. That's incredible. Just, yeah, ain't jet lag these days. Am I right? Must be brutal. Takes over the mind, the body, and the soul. All right, Patrick. We talked about it. We alluded to it. It's goal of the week time. Not goal of the month. Goal of the week. And I want you to tell me where your head's at. Man. This is real, real tricky for me. I feel like I'm almost making a larger decision than I want to right now. In my goal of the week, it's going to surprise a lot of people. Because there were some some class goals this week. My goal of the week is going to Marcus Rashford. Ooh. Wow. And it's... From the top rope. From the top rope. I think that the that goal meant more than any other goal this week. I think that where United was as a club, where Liverpool was a club, the moment meant more. And I want to... Daniel James, you were telling me, 10, 15 seconds. I've watched that goal a bunch of times. It was a flawless goal. Once they got the ball, Daniel James took two touches. Maddup came out to challenge. He whipped it around Maddup before he got too close. One more touch and he screwed. Pass Van Dyke. Pass Van Dyke. And Rashford tucked it home. One touch. And it's it was it was filthy. The celebration. It was a filthy. You know that I appreciate a team goal more than I do an individual bit of class. Um, there may have been a better team goal this week, but it's not my goal of the week. Yeah, let's not forget Crowley's Law. Yeah. Uh, a goal of the week cannot be the goal of the month. Correct. They are mutually On exclusive. On some very strange principle. Nor can it be goal of the year. So, I mean, if I don't... Okay. Well, yeah. Just... If, if this podcast runs long enough to do that. <laughs> What's your goal of the week? I'm giving it to Gilfie Sigurdsson. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Substitute goal. Yeah, substitute goal. Everton, uh, you know, not in one of the more classy games of the week, but he was right there, and he's been known to have a banger or two. So it was a tuck inside. He beat a player. It's not just yep. like, it's not just a shot from the 30-yard yep. area out of nowhere. He's got a bit of work to do. Right. And then, boy, does he place it. That's my guy. It was to seal a 2-0 victory. Everton back to winning ways. Marco Silva, Marco Silva, shout out for uh, one of the quotes of the year, if not all time managers, where he says, "Pressure is a privilege." Great quote, man. I just wanna... jacks you up, right? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I takes, know. I'm rooting it takes for the a certain kind of Darby. person to feel pressure, and I feel pressure when I parallel park with other people in my car. So it's a very low bar. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's a hell of a quote. Um, great goal of the week, and mind you, this is a, a guy who I don't think's run in four years, so really impressive that he's able to get the space and mm-hmm. tuck that thing away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we do have a men of culture for you guys. Um, we got Ooh. three things we want to talk about. Three. All very different and beautiful in their own way. Uh, first one I had written down, Mourinho back in the Sky Sports booth. 
can't be. It. Give it injected into my veins, James. That guy makes that guy makes no mistakes. He everything he says is calculated. It just used to be at the, like your expense, either as like an opposing team yeah. or for you as like he was your own manager and like torpedoing the inside of you. He's got the tactical acumen to back it up. He's so funny. And he's so, like, he knows exactly what to say to mm-hmm. piss people off. Oh, yeah. He knows how to control the narrative. He's got, like, a Terminator analysis brain looking <laughs> at Jamie Carragher. He's so good. I'm like, yeah, go for the ankles. He's so good. Did you hear the um, the the Keen quote where there's a couple guys going back and forth about um, about uh, United? And they just, like, were kept saying the same points. And this one guy who's just in an argument was a Spurs fan or something. And he's like, I don't think United just need to buy Kane. He's clearly done at Tottenham. Tottenham yeah. are going nowhere. Yeah. Just completely killed the conversation. Just eyeballed the guy down. It was a great game. Oh, moment. and then he doubled down. Everyone was silent in the room and he goes, what are you all staring at? Yeah. I mean, just do it. Classic Keane. Yeah. It was amazing. Anyway, yeah. Mourinho. Oh, I mean, the quote to, to really dig into was uh, when he, 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 he had the same feeling that I did about Klopp, who was moaning in the post-match. And he goes... Klopp came to Old Trafford wanting meat. He got fish. Yeah. I, I don't... It's like, you know what he's trying to say? Remember when we did Who's Man's with Mourinho? Yeah. Like, you know what he's trying to say, but he takes the wrong route to get there. The spirit of what he's saying is there. The words aren't. And that even makes... That almost makes it better. Because if Klopp's reading that, he's like, that doesn't even make sense, but he's going to get pissed off. I would hate to see Mourinho get fish when he ordered meat at a restaurant. What is this? How would that actually play out? What is this? What is this? I order fish three times. <laughs> three times. Everyone else in this restaurant gets food before me. Yeah. Oh, boy. But yeah, I mean, I think Mourinho also, he's a, he's a very prideful guy, and you see that as a manager. And so now as a pundit, mm-hmm. when it's harder than it looks, and it was harder than it looked with Ali, even though Ali got what Mourinho wasn't given, he's loved to take little tiny digs there. Um, you, in When you clop, somebody who's getting a ton of praise, more praise than Mourinho's gotten in recent years in the Premier yeah. League, and Mourinho's got championships to his name. So he's going to take a little bit of pride in that mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I, I think that in Mourinho's mind, his only equal in this league is Pep. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that's where like his head is. Oh, he's so good. And, you know, all this Mourinho talk, it makes me want to eat a little humble pie. I think I mistreated him. Yeah. And I think a lot of United fans realize they mistreated him. I don't think he was a match for United, especially at the point they were at. But you realize now just how how tall shit Creek was mm-hmm. and how much of it wasn't on Mourinho and I wish him all the best. And while we're giving out apologies, I also want to apologize to Andres Pereira. I canceled him the last time we were on. Granted, it came from a place of weakness. I still don't think he's good enough to play for United long term, but he really showed his heart. And uh, He was getting stuck in. I just want to apologize. Yeah. Speaking of getting stuck in, Daniel James needs to start wearing a helmet or start oh, learning where the big dude, dogs are. Get him the Petrachek helmet. Yeah. Stat. That would be... You gotta love the way he plays, but that boy is a danger to himself. Yeah, he's not gonna play for more than five years. I, like, he... Walk hard. Yeah. He's getting lit up like I've never seen people get oh lit boy. up in soccer before. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, well, moving on to Men of Culture incident number two. Let's talk about Ibra. Because he knows his MLS career is uh, coming to an end, and he is just getting his name back out there any way he can with two fire quotes. He's a great marketer. Yeah. He, I mean... The, the man sells himself. He's a goat. And uh, the first one being his uh, interactions with Lukaku, <laughs> which spoke to me as a United fan. Yeah. Uh, context for the fans at home. He was playing a game of what, like keep up or, or one touch or whatever. Just something that involved Lukaku taking good touches. Sure. Well, that's the premise. Right. And uh, he made some bet where it's like, 
for every good for every good touch um you take i'll give you 40 or 40 pounds or something and lukaku was like well what if i you know take all these really good touches you won't have any money left and he's like no i'll still have money you'll just be a better football player <laughs> It's all time. It's, it's absurd. It's like, it's like when uh, 50 Cent challenged Floyd Mayweather to read a yeah. one page of a Harry Potter book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Insane flex. And you never hear these players come back at Ebra. No. Vela tried. Vela yeah. tried. Yeah. The, the, the only, Put him in uh, a body bag. I think the only person to go toe-to-toe with him successfully is Joey Barton. It's the only <laughs> one that I've seen do it right. Oh, I mean, that man's straight from the streets. I think he's in jail. I don't think that's... <laughs> no, he's the manager of a club. But they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw him in jail recently. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, that's just Scunthorpe. And if he's listening, I apologize. I do not want that smoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sure but there was, there was another quote uh, from Ebra that went under the radar. I don't know if you saw this. It was about Pep. And he never misses an opportunity to go after Pep. Was Pepe's manager at Barca? Yeah. Okay. It, it was famously a very bad uh, right, right, relationship. Right, right, right. I think he got... Uh, well, he kind of gets himself on the bad side of most teams before he leaves. I don't think that's the case. He did at PSG. Didn't he get suspended for like calling out the French okay. people? All right. Well, maybe 50% of the time. Anyway. And he definitely did at least one of the Milan sides. Right. Yeah, maybe he just loved Mourinho. Sure. I, maybe that's it. Because it was at Inter and then United. Where the one guy him. who could finally check him. Right, yeah. Anyway talks about uh how i someone needs to come out and say this isn't true or else for the rest of my life i'm just gonna believe this to be a fact he was talking about in the dressing room after uh, guardio uh, pep was so afraid of ibra that he would wait in his dressing he would wait in his office until ibra had left and have an assistant come tell him that ibra had left and it was okay for him to come out i don't believe that yeah but it's funny as hell but, but like, maybe, it's right? A, it's a it's a no lose game for Ibra, because Pep can't address that. He can't be like, no. Oh. He's gonna sound like he's like whiny. Here's, and he can't okay. admit it. So he's just gonna ignore it. Here's the quote: We never had a confrontation. Only down to him. When we faced each other, he hid from me. One time, I went back to the dressing room after a game, and he was in his office waiting for me to leave. At the door, one of his one of his his assistants said, "Ibra's gone. You can come out now." I don't believe that. Who's the alpha, Ebra or Pep? I mean, I don't think Ebra has. Ebra's Ebra's just a he's a, he's like a rogue lion. He's an alpha, but he doesn't have a pack. That I mean, I I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So very, very profound. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that he might play nice for a little bit, but eventually he's going to want to be the the big dick swinger of the club. And if you got other guys in the way. It's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Lukaku, just he's an incredible form in Inter. Him and Conte on a little bit of a a joint resurrection tour. Yeah. Well, if France is the Farmers League, Italy's the Fisherman's League. Yeah, you're putting up two against, I don't know, Atalanta. That don't impress me much. Sure. Scored against Juve, though. Who are they? I, mean, I would P- say you mean Piedmont Calcio. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say one of the best teams in the world, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, Just boy. wanted to shout out my boy, former prediction for most goals in the league. Did not <laughs> never specify the league. Yeah, so that bet's still alive, folks. We got a live one. I'm pretty sure I did the league in the year, but let's count it for this All year. Right. Well, talking about Pat throwing things against a dartboard, let's move on to the degenerate district. You say dartboard, you know James. it. You love it. 
You say dartboard. But I just locked another one. <laughs> you didn't really wrap that one up. Well, I kind of got half a sneeze in me right now. Um, the lock last week was under three, Arsenal-Sheffield. I told you my why. It wasn't even an emotional hedge. It was just what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. It did happen, especially when I saw the team sheet. I was like, well, at least that's going through. Anyway, on to this week. Lock going Leicester to win on the road against Southampton. Okay. Southampton. Give me the odds. It's plus 130. So it's a decent Ooh. bet on a lock. Ooh. We've talked about Leicester's form. Southampton has one point in their last four. They are not good form. I know it's on the road. It's going to be a tough one for Leicester. I don't think Leicester are going to get too many games easily this year. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't see Southampton scrapping away any goals, and I I, I just can't see it going any it other be, way. It would be yet another big marker for them to lay down. Right. Consistent victories. Right. And, and games that might be a bit of a coin flip. We joke about banana peels, especially when it comes to Arsenal. But I feel like every away game in the Premier League now, you're like, anything could happen. Yeah. So. And James, that brings me to my crock. Oh, I can't wait. I think this is an incredible bet. Don't bring up Norwich. I'm taking at plus 550. Oh, Jesus Christ. Crystal Palace over Arsenal at the Emirates. Wow. We've reached the point where you're betting against your Gunners. Here's here's why it's a crock. It's a crock, and I'm challenging the Gunners to prove me wrong. The way Crystal Palace You're doing playing, an emotional hedge. It's a bit of an emotional hedge. I don't hedge. allow this. You cannot just come on to Prem of Prem, an emotional hedge. James, I'm on the you edge. Degenerate I'm on the edge. This is my district, and I'm hot. So I'm riding I'm riding hot. I honestly think that's great odds for that result. Because I don't think that this game is much more than a toss-up. I think that Crystal Palace could easily notch two goals. Let me... Tell me that I'm wrong. When Emery has all but already said that Tierney, Torreira... And Bellerine are playing midweek. That means the same dog shit sides going out on the weekend. Yeah, uh, verbal meme. Uh, Arsenal midweek. It's um, <laughs> it's it's the Drake face, and he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. Arsenal, like, yeah. Every every inspiring performance Arsenal has done this year has been uh, has been in the cups. I don't think they've had a single good league performance. When's Unai going to come out and say that he's all in on the Europa League? I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to do that. Mm. No, because I mean, I think at this point, look, they're they're one point off fourth. I think Chelsea is likely to regress to the mean a bit. So you know, I mean, it's not it's not awful from like a you know you can you can spin this. It's you're in the spin zone, but it's dog shit football. Yeah, you're just better on paper than most people. And just so, let me let me ask you this: Where's so Arsenal on the table without Pierre Emerick Aubameyang? Ooh, I can answer that. Yeah, yeah, mid table, if we're lucky. But look at the team. It's not just Aubameyang. Uh, we'll get into sure. time. They get no but service. Perennial underperformers. And sure. just to recap the bet, you're taking Crystal Palace money line to beat Arsenal at the Emirates. It is my crock, All mind right. you. Let's not go too hard. Okay. But uh, Crystal Palace is in good form. I watched that game against City. They looked All right. very good. All right. Everyone at home, check me on this. It's 9.30 a.m. on Sunday. At noon on Sunday, Pacific time. Patrick might be on watch. So let's all, you know, thoughts and prayers out to him. Make sure he's doing okay. There's three games at that time. There's the game of the week, and then both United and Arsenal are going to be on NBC Gold at that time. Oof. It's brutal. Yeah, NBC Gold is comparable to the Monday shit show that you got served up. I Coming rather... out of the office. Oh, the game's over? <laughs> I knew that... Hey, Patrick, can you file this? Not now. I knew that Arsenal lost because I asked you and Colin not to text me spoilers, and you didn't even text me at all. So I knew that something bad had happened. That's unfair. Yeah. 
that's well, that's where my head went. You told me you. We followed your instructions. Look, I'm gonna make up what I'm gonna make up. I also watched the first half live, so I knew they were down one. You're scaring me. All yeah. right. Well, that's the that's the that's the lock. That's the croc. Well, we raced through our main course. I'm doing a lot of food analogies today. I kind of like it. Yeah. We raced through our main course. We got about five minutes for dessert. Otherwise, we go over our one hour timeline and we lose our Solar.com sponsorship. So we're gonna keep it to an hour. <laughs> uh, we got just enough time to talk about FIFA 20. Ooh. They patched it. They got it looking good again. We know a lot of you guys so out there nice. are playing FIFA. Let's talk career mode. That's the one thing they patched. And I think you and I are both agreed to be maybe the uh, outspoken minority of people who do enjoy the new game and the new setup. Even though they haven't reskinned it entirely since like, the mid-2000s. Yep. But that's you know besides the point. Yeah, we're not talking about that. Uh, one thing I love, updated player conversation system. Where you can actually respond to their requests. Yeah. Whereas before that, you were just like an all-time passive-aggressive manager. Hey, boss, do you think I can play this week? Yeah, just email me. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, uh, I know we didn't talk all week long, but uh, really disappointed I didn't play. You're like, oh, sorry, bud. You're a, you're a 55 youth player with no fucking head. I'm going to go ahead and start my other guy when I'm playing. <laughs> just the no response. And it, it reached an all-time high when you had like, five international offers sitting in your waiting queue and you just don't respond to any of them <laughs> oh hey about oh, that. oh never got your email oh yeah sorry uh ivory coast i know you're looking for a manager but i'm really hoping to manage the states or england right about now and i got to the point where i wouldn't even reject the offers they would just sit there i'd wait for them to get all salty and be like we didn't hear anything yeah. so i guess we're gonna find another yeah, mr manager. south korea would be like bumping back up to the top of your inbox still <sighs> haven't heard from you yeah, yeah. well well, there goes the sneeze. Conversation's great. There's more to where that came from. Conversations are great. <laughs> I'm allergic to something. Gotta get the air going in here. I really gotta sneeze, James. It's bad. But James really unlocked me. I'm training all the new guys. Arsenal's got a lot of youth to go. There's no Unai Emery. It's Coach Patrick Crowley. I might reboot another one to Freddie Eumberg, Red Mohawk, that thing. And then, uh... Pink sweater. Yeah, but I love the gameplay. I like it slowed down. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> This is riveting. <laughs> <laughs> Sneeze watch oh, 2019. Uh, but no, but I think the gameplay is great. I think uh, you can't really pace abuse as much as you used to. And I think the AI is a lot, making a lot more intelligent runs. Mm-hmm. Really opening up the field. The through balls are tucking between defenders and not just right through them. Yeah. You know, they're putting the ball into space where you want it. Huge fan of the gameplay improvements. I'm glad they picked, fixed up career mode so I can actually enjoy that mode. Right. And we'll see how far we can take it. Yeah. Um, what are you playing on? Are you playing on Legendary or Ultimate? Haven't made the switch to Ultimate because I, I told myself that the patch made Legendary harder. I think the truth is I'm just scared. So uh, maybe next week I'll come back and tell okay. you how Ultimate feels. Because I do want to be the very best. I'm still scraping out wins on uh, on Legendary, so I'm not quite ready for Ultimate. I will say this. I think you and I are, are pretty evenly matched. And, but you seem to have a much tougher time playing Legendary difficulty than I do. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, too, I rely on the long shots, which, at the beginning of every FIFA, takes a while to get, me, get yeah, used you'll to. You'll beat me in any, uh, what's that, that special game? The two, like the, if it's outside of the 18, yeah, it's worth two. I can't, I can't even touch you on that game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I just, I play with a reckless abandon on, on defense. I've watched so much Mustafi and Socrates, now Dava Louise. I'm going in there, and I'm going for it all. Yeah. Uh, and that opens me up. That yeah. opens me up. But, um, no, I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. I got big. I got big things in plan for the career mode. Who is your number one transfer target for United when the window opens in January? 
You know, it's a really sad realization how much of a sucker for realism I am. Because I really just do things that United would do in real life. Like, right. sometimes you forget it's a video game. Like, James Madison's my number one target. And, uh, it's, it's sad how quickly you can bring him in. Yeah. Overpay the shit out of him. Squad roll. Mm, sporadic. Yeah, you don't like ex- that, bud? Don't expect too much. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm of the same mentality. Like I, every I'll, I'll always like run a career. I'll buy Mbappe, and I'll just be like, Ugh, no, that was I, I don't even want to do this anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I it, brought I brought Ronaldo back to United one year. I forget which FIFA it was, but I was like, now what? <laughs> exactly. I've reached the fucking peak. Yeah, my, I've tried crystal meth. I can't go back to. <laughs> I can't go back to meth. Uh, Regular meth. Yeah, I'm sending my scouts out and I'm asking them to find me some people. I'm looking to bolster that Arsenal midfield, but I'm relying on the youth mm-hmm. on the wings. I'm getting Ketcha back next year, Saliba into the back. I want to get a little bit more dynamic mm-hmm. on my mm-hmm. wings to put a little competition on Tierney and Bellerin, but um, I love the Arsenal squad. Right. Title title aspiration. Last question for you, and this is real life, not FIFA. And Ketcha's not getting any game time in the championship. That's not true. Hmm? Not getting a lot of game time. He's got like five goals for Leeds. Hmm. I read somewhere that he's not getting a lot of game time. Most of his goals are substitute goals. I also didn't click on the story. <laughs> we'll, right, we'll put a pin in that one. Yeah, agree to disagree. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. This was Match Week 9. That's Patrick with some kind of allergy. We'll tell you what it is next week. Guess that allergy. New segment on Prem de la Prem. And uh, we will be back. Thank you guys also for filling out that survey if you got it. If you didn't get it, you know, put in a little hard work to become a power user be recognized for all your you know your efforts when you listen to us because we listen to you and right. i think you're going to start seeing some changes that you guys might like um there's going to be big things coming in the social atmosphere so be on the lookout we're growing we're changing we'll be better for you and we will see you next week what's up prem heads make sure to find us on apple podcast at prem de la prem a premier league podcast and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.